Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shear. This week, Shabbos Pashas Mitzera, Shabbos Hagodl. Today being Hey Nisan. And Shabbos is Zion, and the first opportunity for Kiddush Levana, according to many Chabad, would be on Matzah Shabbos Kedush. Although, technically, it's supposed to be seven days from the Meilid, and since the Meilid was 30, Thursday morning, technically Thursday night one should be able to. However, we wait according to Zion Lachedish, the seventh day of the month, until we sanctify the new moon. Matzah Shabbos is a prefer- preference of a time. It's preferable to do it Matzah Shabbos because we are wearing our garments for Shabbos and it's a festive occasion. People tend to dance and to sing after Kiddush Levana. It's a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. I'd like to take an opportunity, we'll probably say it again at the end of this year, to remind the obligation to everyone of selling their chametz. One may not own chametz over Pesach. Now you could, of course, find an easy solution, and that would be just to finish everything. But since we are human... And there could be somewhere, somewhere, somehow in your house, although you've cleaned and scoured and scratched and scraped, don't say this too loud, because if any woman would hear me say this, they would have heart attacks. They would never sleep at night. Because there is a possibility that a shemitz of chametz would be left, a drop of chametz somewhere in the house. Should that be the case, and you be the owner of it, you would be even allowed a Bayira obviously is only if you see the Chomets. Question becomes, and this is the Gemara brings down this question often time, if what if someone finds something on Pesach in their house, what can they do? If it's on Yamtiv, they have to cover it, they may not burn it until after on Chalamayid. But the actual chametz would be muksa. However, since we sold our chametz, since we said kol chamira v'chamia, both on after bedikas chametz and by the burning of the chametz, therefore the chametz is not ours whatsoever. So we're not ever matzah, but there's a problem of bayira that you may not see chametz either in your house. Once again, a reminder to go to your local rabbi and to sell your chametz. Chabad is sold, my Mishlashen is sold through a third party, which means that you sell it technically to the Rav himself. The Rav is kind of your chametz. The actual action that has to be done is you make a kinyan, you make a form of ownership 
a partnership together with the Rav, you would lift up something that belongs to the Rabbi, and then you would sign, you would put your name, your address on a paper the Rabbi has, and you would write, you would sign your name on the bottom, you write, Kol Mokim Dehu, whatever it might, wherever it may be. Um, if, however, you don't have a local rabbi, you cannot um, get to a rabbi, you can go on Chabad.org, that's C-H-A-B-A-D dot O-R-G, I believe you can say your comments there, um, or you can email unitedlubavitcheshiva at yahoo.com and email your address and etc. and we'll put your name on the list here as well. It only needs to be done once. You do not need to do it numerous times. You do not have to go to numerous rabbis to sell your chavits. Once is more than enough. Um... This week's Shabbos Parsh Mitzvah, as we said before, Shabbos Hagodol. Shabbos Hagodol, the great Shabbos, the Shabbos which the Jews were told to take the sheep, tie it to your bed, and this sheep ultimately would be brought as a sacrifice. Understand, please, that this sheep was the god the Egyptians worshipped. Hence, it was quite dangerous to do such a thing. Because immediately the Egyptians asked, what's going on here? Let me have to give you an address later to go to Borough Park. So when the Egyptians saw their God being taken, and the Jews, without any fear or trepidation, told them, we are going to bring this as a sacrifice to our God, it caused havoc. They also told the Egyptians that the firstborn would be killed. This would be the last of the ten plagues. That didn't get out, go over too well either. And immediately the firstborn immediately the firstborn staged a civil war and the civil war Caused, as we know, the Makkeh Mitzrayim Bivchereihem, the Makkeh of Mitzrayim of the Egyptians suffered through their Bechereim, through their firstborn. Thousands of Egyptians and firstborn were killed that day. Hence, the reason of Shabbos Hagodl being called Shabbos Hagodl is the great miracle that happened on that Shabbos. And the. <laughs> Part of the great miracle actually was 
the fact that the Jews listened and took the sheep and didn't say maybe tomorrow or maybe I'll take it in through the back door. Rather, they proudly danced their sheep into their houses for everyone to see and to know what was going on. Pasha Mitzayda is a random Pasha. Not random, no Pasha Mitzayda is random. random Pasha Mitzayda talks about leprosy. We need to find some kind of, you know, we like Jews like to lighten up. They don't like severity like this. Keeping score at home, the Gemara is on head in a famous Gemara, Tzadik Chesam at Beis. Gemara says, Mashma Yishal Mashiach. What's the name of Mashiach? Rabbanan Amri, Chivra, Devera, Rabbi Shmei. Chivra, Devera, Rabbi. A Mitzayda, a leper, the house of Rabbi. Oof. How shocking. Why would Mashiach be called a leper? This needs to be explained according to what the Alter Rebbe says in the Kutateta. When it comes to these Negoyim, when it comes to these plagues that plague a person, that inflict a person, all these different Negoyim that come on the person have to have a positive twist to them as well. And the Alter Rebbe writes, Negoyim Dvarim Gvein Hein. These Negoyim are something very, very high. They're from a very high source. Shein and Nikre Tame. It's not called Tame. Actually, Yikre Enu HaKayin Tame. Until the Kayin renders it Tame. And the truth is, within this also from Rashi this week, that even the greatest rabbi, if he got a Mitzras on his arm, he may not deem it. He may not say, I have leprosy, come to the Kayin and say, I have leprosy, is I have something that looks like leprosy. He may not say, I have actual leprosy. He may not paskin that. It's only the Kayin. As long as he doesn't call it Tomei, as long as he doesn't render it impure, it's not impure. Just the opposite. Comes from very high sources, very high lights. However, their concept is on the Dina Kashim, hard judgment of Kedusha. And therefore we say, He's brought to Arenakayin. Arenakayin represents Chesed Ilah, the highest level of Chesed. And therefore, he sweetens this whole concept simply by saying one word, Tahar. By his pronouncing Tahar, he makes this whole thing go away. He elevates it. So what is the whole point of this Nega, before it's called Tamei, through the Kayin? It has nothing to do with Tama whatsoever. The opposite, it has only to do with spirit, with Kedusha. 
as it's explained in Yemidus Agvura, Shalomayla. What is Givura? What is the attribute of Givura? One thinks that Chesed is kindness and Givura is stringency, is almost anger. Secondly, no, it's not, it's a misconception. The Shadish and the Mokr, the source, the root, is not Din, not Meniyas Hashpa holding back the influence that we need. Just the opposite. Gvura comes to the word Tagbeiris, giving strength to the life. Gvurus Kshomim, great of uh, the rains. And therefore, the influence that we get comes with a stronger. power and therefore it is so high this hashpa this influence that we're getting from Kedusha comes so high that we can't even hold it we can't hold on to such a hashpa that we're given from this gvura it comes down and it goes down from level to level comes the Yifim Pshuta which this is it doesn't have any kind of flowing and Bifrat especially when the Mechabal is not capable of taking so much from the Mishpia same thing is also when it comes to the, to the Nega the root is Tagveda Sekdesha literally the highest of lights and therefore the Nivroyim, the creations can't fathom, they can't hold on to this and therefore it comes down what's called dinim kashim it looks almost like severe dinim because they're ultimately still in the Yana Kedusha they're still in the world of Kedusha it comes down later, it looks like Negoyim Tumeim that's why Mashiach is called a Mitzayda because at the time of the Gula it will be the Yitzir from all Mitzayda Megulis will go out from every single possible restraint and boundary. And then also the highest lights, which now we can't accept, we can't look at, will be revealed to us as well. And this will be Takbura Sagdusha. So therefore the Bechina Mitzayda, in its root, in its Sherish, will be revealed in, its wor- in the world, and it will come to the concept of Mashiach. Stories come to light in the strangest of ways. And as we don't see what Mitzayda is, we don't see what Nega is, we don't see Tzadas, we don't see the severity, we don't see the goodness. A story recently came to surface. Actually, my son heard it from the horse's mouth a while ago already. But now it's coming around again. There's a Chesidah in Mansi who told a story. He said many, many years ago he would attend the shir of Rabbi Yael Khan, the Rebbe's Chesa. Tanya shir. He would faithfully attend Rabbi Yael explain Tanya 
it sounded like he, was, he would sit with the Alter Rebbe and explain this. But Abiel would encourage his students, who were not Lubavitchers at all, come to a Fabreng. See who the Rebbe is. Come to Fabreng and hear the Rebbe speak. This Rav in Monsi was one of these Tamidim. Excuse me, he came to Fabrengen. Toshin Lamed, Yiralof Nissen. Yiralof Nissen, the Rebbe's birthday. It was Shnasa Shivim, 70 years old. And he was getting, he was listening and being very inspired. When suddenly the Rebbe said something in English, and he saw a little chuckle by the men, but he heard the women laughing. He was standing right under the ladies' show. He heard women laughing. He says, A Rebbe that makes jokes that the, Rebbe, the women laugh about is not for me. And he left. Fast forward 40 years. And this fellow, Rabbi Mansi, as I said, prominent Rav, has a couple over for Shabbos. Guests. From Balchuva couple. And he gets around to asking, how did you get from, how did you come from? And she tells a very interesting story. I was searching. I was searching. In my search, I heard about the Rebbe. I heard it was the Rebbe's birthday, the Rebbe was going to Fabreng. I had no idea what that meant at the time. So I came to the Fabreng. I was squashed in between the ladies there and everything. And the Rebbe spoke only in Yiddish. I didn't understand a single word. And I said to myself, this is not going anywhere. If this is where I got to go for religion, it's not happening. Suddenly, the Rebbe said something in English that was very, very funny. It made me laugh. As if the Rebbe heard me thinking that I didn't understand what's going on. Maybish, you're up there, open the vents. Why? Come blow now. And I left. And I left to what the Rebbe said. And the women around me left to what the Rebbe said. And I said, ah, such happiness, such joy, such camaraderie, I want to join. And that's how I became Fellas Shiva. The man sitting at the table obviously saw the hand of God here. How the Rebbe, with that same joke, he became further from the Babich and she became totally close. 
So we don't see, when it comes to the Yin of Tzaras, Mitzayda, Nega, we don't see the holiness in it, we don't see the spirituality in it. As we don't see the revealed goodness and kindness in everything Hashem does. But as we said before, the Pasuk says, Zaistia Mitzayda, Zaistia Vehuva Lakayin, chapter 14, verse 2, Perikidal Pasuk Beis. Mepharshim asks a very interesting question. Bring the person to the Kohen, the Pasuk says, right? We know that the Mitzayda was put outside of the three Machlis, outside of the camps of, of Israel. And he's not allowed to go anywhere. He can't come to the Kohen. In that case, what does it mean for Huvelakayin? To bring him to the Kayin, he's not allowed to. It should say, The Kayin should go out to him. Or something of that sort. Sorry? Another thing there is to explain. Chazal tell us, if you keep your score at home, it's Erechin Tezayin Amit Beis, 16 side 2. Tzeras comes because of the sin of Lashon Hara. And therefore, Yitzia Elakayin, the going out to the Kayin, shows the Tshuva, the repentance, and the Aziva Sachet, the leaving of a sin. There are those people that are so entrenched in sin, and their sins are so around them, they don't even think of the word Shuvah. They're living their sin. And this the Pasuk says, La Yidach, Nidach, don't push away. And definitely in the end, the person will do Shuvah. So much so that it says in the Pasuk, the Almighty promises that He will rule over us and that one would always come back to the Father in Heaven. Therefore it says, V'huva lets us know that this is done by force. He doesn't want to repent, but the tailor tells him, Al Korche, at force you will come to the Kayan. You will merit to be purified. You will merit to be cleaned. And you will merit to go back on your sin and to come close to God. Then we hear about the Tzeras in the house. The walls of the house had leprosy. Quite traumatic. No, it's not Pachosha to today's mold. <laughs> it's worse. And the Pasuk says, Vitziva HaKeim, V'cholzah finally says, Take out the stones. What about the stones around it? They also got to come out. 
And we learn from here, Ayla Rasha, Ayla Shkainav. Woe is to the wicked one, and woe is to his neighbors. So one needs to see to choose good neighbors. No, not State Farm. I mean, you can use State Farm, I'm not bashing State Farm, but don't consider that you're a good neighbor. So what's Shneim Chilzen? What is Rashi referring to when he says Shneim Chilzen? Rashi write, writes in the end of Masech the Sukkah, the Divine Maskal Rashi Eli Rasha, he writes, Pateris Kahanim, Tanya, we learned, Becholzos Havanim, Negeb Evan, Shemikseya Shneim Chilzen. Remove the stones, and if it's a nega, the stone around, both go out. So according to Rashi's understanding here, if the nega is seen in the stone, and also the surrounding one, the connecting one, which is an event that's seen, and therefore, in the two houses, one needs to take out this entire stone, even the the part of the house that the nega is not in is to come out as well. There are those of the opinion, though. Even if you see a nega in the kaisel, and it's between two houses, that the neighbor needs to also remove the stone from the wall, parallel to the nega, even though it didn't come through his wall. And it didn't touch Nega. Didn't touch it at all, but it's still at all. This is all explained with the words Ayla Rasha, Ayla Woe to the wicked and woe to his neighbor. In two ways we could say this. First of all, a Rasha that lives near someone gives them bad habits. So therefore, because the rush is going to influence him doing the wrong thing. A second thing, by living near a Russia, it means that the neighbor is similar to him. Therefore, woe to the neighbor. Because the, being the neighbor of the Russia shows that also he, in his own essence, is compared to a Russia. Therefore, we look at this Evan Amenunna. We look at the Evan that's touching this, and according to Rashi's opinion, the Russia causes effect on the other one. Therefore, we have to say the stone that's attached to this, the nega, must be removed as well. Because we say the chilek that is touching the heaven causes also the second heaven to become menuga. A shenkir, according to those that say the shenkir is a sign, that also, if you don't see the people looking like this, they don't look similar, 
But the Shekhenis proves that they do have something in common. And therefore, it's our point that we bring here. Even if you don't see it at all in the stones, we need to prove from here that since they're close, one event to the next, also these stones need to be removed. And therefore, they have to come out. This problem was brought about the time of the Bashem HaKadosh where Chassidim were worse than taboo. If someone found <coughs> a family member becoming a Chassid it was, it was the worst. Beflat, in our story here, our case, a famous story of someone's son-in-law who became a chassid. And he was reading, actually, he was learning Svarim Yaakov Yasef Polonia. Talmud Hashem. The father-in-law was ballistic. He didn't know what to do, throw him out, kill him. What, what, how much, how much damage can he do to him? Yamaka. Pale is, started going to Bezin. It started going to the Mikveh, started going on the street. The arguments were, everyone knew about it. The Goyim had opinions. It reached the ears of the Graf. The grand landowner of the whole city, practically. And when the landowner heard about this, he asked that both sides come to him he wants to preside over this story he wants to preside over this case so they all came to him and they told the story and they presented the book. The Graf has to see the book, actually. And he's looking through the Sharblat and in Polish, or whatever it was, it says, from Polonia. Mm-hmm. And he realizes this is the Tzadik of Polonia. Mm-hmm. And he tells the assemblage, I guess it's time. Everybody was taking a shock over here. What, what does it mean? I guess it's time. Time for what? So I want to tell you a story. Years ago, I was a general. I was tremendous about, tremendous about the soldiers under me. 
One time we came to a place, we were stopped, resting. Soldiers requested permission to go to town to see what's going on. And I granted to a bunch of soldiers permission. They had to be back an hour after midnight. Nope, hour after midnight, everybody's back except for three soldiers. Where are these three guys? Gotta find them. So I dispatched soldiers to go find them. And what the soldiers saw was a little shocking. They were looking house to house until they came to a house where the door was open. And in the house was the an old, old man with his eyes closed, saying something, repeating something. And the three soldiers were standing there frozen to the spot. Immediately they ran back to the general to tell him what's going on. So the general mounted a horse, went with a group of his own to check out what's happening here. I came in there and I saw my three soldiers frozen to their spot. So I asked the old man, what have you done to them? And he answered, I did nothing to them. They must have stolen something. Check their pockets, and you'll see, they surely stole something. Put it back, and you can go, and they'll go. And so they started to check the pockets of the soldiers, and lo and behold, they found silverware, and there's silver bechers, and they were loading up, they came in, they were walking through house to house, and they saw this one house door was open. Everyone else was asleep except for the old man, who was sitting there mumbling, oblivious with his eyes closed. So they said, okay, he's oblivious. So they started to load up all the silver from the table into their pockets. So after two of them had emptied out all their pockets, they were ready to walk, they were shocked, they were shaking. They went out. Third one was still there, and I said to the general, says, I said to him, why is he not moving? And he says, because he must have put something in his boot. And lo and behold, they checked his boot, they found something there, they took it out, and he left, and I had them all sent back to the camp, and put under arrest. In the meantime, I sat with this tzaddik, and I talked to him, I asked him for a blessing. I had no children. And I should have long life to enjoy them. And he blessed me with both. Children and longevity. I said, how long will I live? And he said, you will know. When the time will come to tell this story. So now when you came to me and you told me who it was, I knew the time had come. And therefore, I tell you this story to prove to you what kind of holy man of Yaakovese Polonia was. And therefore, you should definitely be honored to have a son-in-law that's a follower of his, studies his works, and you should all make peace and go home. Head of Meshuggah
So we know that, therefore, by the Seder, Mi'at Hashem, as we get to the Seder, Kalam Marbe, Saper, the more we talk about the Seder, the greater it is. The more we talk about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, unfortunately, Achenu B'nai Yisrael, that live in Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, only have one day, They lose out. They lose out that second Seder. The beginning of the Pasha says, status of Tzedah, in the day that it becomes Tahir. As we said before, bring him to the Kayin, and Rashi explains, this should be the Tzedah of Tzedah. We learn from here, Shem Etar you can't make somebody tired by night. In order for him to become pure, he has to be by day. The Kayan has to see him. And of course, the commentaries explain this. We learn this from the word Bayayim. Bayayim Taharasai. This word teaches us that you don't do it. Ain't mitar and ain't we don't do it by night, only by day. However, Rashi in his Dibya Maskal, in his caption of the Rashi, does not use the word Biyayim. He doesn't, he leaves it out actually. He writes Zeistiyah That's the caption of the Rashi. And he hints to the word Biyayim Taharasai. Because he writes Vigayimah. Right, Zaistia etc. By saying etc., he's referring to the words and he's learning out from there. But this is the main part. Biyemtarasi is the main part of Rashi's explanation. Why does Rashi not use it in his caption? Another thing, how do we learn from the words Zaistia Terezamitseda that the Tahara is Biyem, is only by day? More importantly, the question, why does Rashi explain clear that we learn from here that Tahara has to be by day? Why twist the word? Say, learn from here that it can't be by night, it has to be by day. And Bechal, why is Rashi using the negative? Why is he using the words, She'ein mitar balayla? Why the negative concept here? You should write straight to the point. Especially Teres Kahanam here, it says that we take this, we learn this out from Chiyuvi. Positive way of talking. Why is Rashi switching it around and using a Shlili? A negative. The truth is, it comes out okay. It's only a wording. Whether it's chiyuvi or shlili, it doesn't really matter. The question is, there will be a difference in din. When the impurity of the mitzvah will carry over. Not day, not night. It will be benashmoshes. Neither day nor night. 
What happens then? Can he become pure? Or can he not become pure? According to Teres Kehanim, where it talks about the Chiyuv, and the Tahara has to be by day, Dafke, if it goes on to a point where it's no longer day, to twilight, he can no longer become purified. It didn't happen by day. According to Rashi, though, who says, Negat to the Shlila, he would then be saying only by night it wouldn't be tired but if it continued into if it went into twilight then maybe it would be if that's the case the question gets stronger since the Pasuk teaching us B'yayim Tahara say, is that the Tahara has to be Dafka B'yayim, why is Rashi right? In a way to commit to, to imply that it could be even it is not day by twilight. The explanation here we can say is as follows. Rashi comes to say Pshut Shamikra. Simple explanation. Teres Kehanim is madrash halacha. The pshat in the pasuk, the word yom, doesn't exclude night, unless it says clearly in the pasuk. The pirush therefore means the entire meslas, the whole twenty-four hour period, yom and laila. I explained, Vahyerev Ayyveker, Yoyim Echad. Yoyim consisted of the Erev and the Beker. And it says, If it says, Sheshes Yomim Tasem Asecha. Vahyamashvi Tishbeis. The entire mess, less of Shabbos, in Allah Dumalacha. Even more so, we find the Yoyim Rikaya to the, the case. Where it's only night. Like it says, by Yem Hakesi, by day I destroyed all the, the firstborn as Mitzrayim. And we know Makis Bechiris was Bachatsiya Laila. Therefore, we have to say the word Yem itself is not excluding night, it means 24 hours. So, therefore, Rashi now. Cannot explain what it says in Teres Kahanim. The Chiyivui and the Pashut. Teaching us the word Tiyem Taharasai. That it means only by day. Because the simple explanation of the Pashut. The Pashut HaShemikra is Yem. Is not in a Mugbul. It's only when there's light. So then obviously you can't exclude. It's impossible to exclude. Bein Hashemoshes from the word Yem. Twilight would be included there. So therefore, Rashi now explains it comes to exclude night from becoming purifying the Mitzayda because ain mitar and It's not done by night. What's his raya? Not from the word yaim itself, but from the words that he's matik in the Mitzayda. The words. The chayr are extra. 
What is it teaching us? And many commentaries on Tera ask the question. So it's understood, it's self-explanatory, that what it's talking about here, Mitzera, since the Pasha is coming in a continua- continuation, the Pasha prior, says Dinet Tumas Mitzera, therefore we learn from the word the Yem say that said afterwards, Yem Tafke, not by night. But we look at the actual wording. Zeis. This refers to something clear. Ze is Marab Etzba. Zeis, this particular thing. Tia teaches us that it has to become, something will become. Teiras explains us the dinim, the learning, the lesson of Teira. Teira, it's in Yanim, it's Halachis. In our case, this way should be like a lesson of Teda. This is when the Mitzayra becomes purified. Since these words come as an introduction, to the word they teach us that these words are very, very, very exact. And we find, therefore, that the Mitzayda is not purified by night, not learned from the word B'yem Tarasei, but within itself. After we say, this teaches us that the word Yom comes to teach us a special time when we're referring to. So now we understand why Rashi leaves only the word and doesn't put B'yem Tarase in the title. He hints it by saying B'gema. He refers to what, what is his intention, that the main part of the learning is from the words Zeistia Teresa That the te- these words teach us on the continuation of what it says in the Pasuk, B'gema, that it has to be Mugbul Amidaktik, has to be Dafka in this, in this time frame of day. But since it's a Chiddush, it's only a Chiddush in there, therefore he excludes Laila Mamish, and not exclude, he does not exclude Benash Mashes. Let us jump back into Hilchas Pesach. Preparation for the Seder. Mother, matzah we knew already, we have to check, we have to have baked, there's to be no, no folds. One should open their packages of matzah by day yet, before you before up the starts. Not play around with it by night. Especially this year, being on Shabbos. You shouldn't have to tear anything, you shouldn't have to open knots, etc. Then comes the murder. The murder is a bitter herb. It needs to be bitter. Today's days, they use different things besides just a bitter herb. 
for example, romaine lettuce or salad. In Chabad, the meaning is we only eat fruits and vegetables that can be peeled. You can't peel lettuce. And therefore, it's only allowed to be eaten for mar. You cannot put it in a salad thereafter. Since there could be in the lettuce many different worms, very interesting, the romaine lettuce, the way they used to check them, used to soak the whole head, used to break out, cut off the top, loosen it, and put the whole head into salt water, and you would physically see the inhabitants floating to the top of the water. But still, in all, you still need to take it apart, leaf by leaf, it needs to be checked by somebody who knows what they're doing, because eating one of those bugs is five laven. If you're eating crane though, the sticks or ground, and you feel that you can't eat a full kazayas of the crane itself, you can add to that a leaf of uh, romaine lettuce. There are those people that grind it actually, so that it's easier to ingest. Even if one does so, then one needs to still leave in it. The crane still has to have potency. It needs to be strong. Someone who's sick can have a token drop of crane. Um, again, the crane should not be wet. Even if you soak it, you shouldn't soak it overnight. 24 hours soaking it usually weakens the, the, the sticks. The chrein itself, the, if you're taking the romaine lettuce, it should be done by day, the checking, and needs to be put on dry paper towel, so that later, when we use the romaine lettuce for charesa, for... not for more for the Kerech we use it for Kerech there should not be a problem of the wetness touching the matzahs checking of the mother is a the process checking of the lettuce as I said before it should be done by somebody who knows what they're doing Charesas has a bunch of beautiful different ingredients. It needs to be made from peres that are compared to, that Knesset Yisrael is compared to. We find the different things that are brought down in Shirashinim. Tapuchim, Teinim, Egezim, Gasim, Himeinim, Shkedim, Keshaka, Kajbarach, Alaketz. Um, Needless to say that there's a custom not to eat anything that's going to be on the kaida during the day, matzah, the murder, etc. And there are many people that refrain also from eating anything that will be in the charesis.
not many spices are used on Pesach. Although everything today is can be made fresh for the Pesach, including macaroni and pizza. Um, I didn't say I give a hashgach on any of it. Please don't take those words out of context. Um, but charesis needs to be mixed with certain things and ultimately to keep it wet to mix in wine the wine also represents the redness to remind us the blood was put on the doorposts not going to go into the ingredients or the making of a chalesis. Pesach comes out on Shabbos. You may not prepare chalesis on Yom Tov. It needs to be done Erev Yom Tov, of course. As is this year, everything, including the salt water, needs to be prepared on Friday. You cannot do it on the, by the Seder. If one forgot to make it, they should speak to a rabbi as to what exactly they have to do. On Erev Pesach, it is customary to make an Erev Chatseris. Those tenants that live together in a courtyard, and they need to make an Erev between them, so that they can carry from one courtyard to the other. The Erev Chatseris is made on Erev Pesach. And with this, you can then carry the entire year. It's made with two matzahs, and therefore the matzahs need to be put in a way, in a, in a, in a, put, uh, guarded in a place. It shouldn't get moldy. And they need to be checked constantly. If God forbid they become moldy, you need to change it. And a new bracha would need to be made. There are those that have a custom to eat it every week. And they make a new area of every week. Cute. Those have a custom that they take Arab Pesach, the matzahs, from last year and they burn them. From last year's Arab. Those who don't make only on Arab Pesach, they make every Arab Shabbos, make Arab Pesach with a bracha and Arab Shabbos without. The amount that is needed for an native is the minimum that a person can have if it's less sorry, if it's less than eighteen people in this courtyard, eighteen houses in the courtyard, then it has to be at least a portion for each house. 
one person usually is mezaka for everybody, and he can ultimately make he, he includes everyone into his adiv, and this is how it's made. On erev Pesach, there's different customs as to what happens by, by Nedas Shabbos, Nedas Yomtiv. There are those that have a custom to light when Yomtiv comes in. There are those that have a custom to light by the Seder, right before the Seder. This year that would not be able to be relevant because a person would not be able to light by the Seder. It would be Shabbos Kodesh. And therefore the candles need to be lit beforehand. It's customary to buy larger candles so that the candles burn well into the Seder. They're called Seder Licht, I think. And to make sure that the candles are firm and they don't get knocked over during the Seder. And then those that light one special candle known as the Manashtana Licht. The Manashtana candle. Shekhyon was lit during the lighting of the candles. <coughs> Those have a custom, they, light, they say Shekhyon only by Kiddush. And since the women say the Kiddush also, therefore they say the Shekhyon then. Most people don't have the custom to light and say Shekhyon. There are many guests. They light where the Suda is. They want to light with the suddhas, they should light at least two candles where they're eating. And they can light in other rooms that they use. Um, a very interesting custom, which is the last custom we leave off with tonight, is that the husband should remind the wife exactly what bracha she has to make. Since women generally make the Hadik Shabbos Kedish, to remind the, the husband is to remind them what's the bracha of Yamtiv. Or as this year would be the Hagadik Neshavus Kedush V'Yamtiv. Since Tadav Hashem, Tadav Tadav Kedim. Since something that happens more often precedes something that has, happens less often, and Shabbos happens more often than Yamtiv, therefore we would say first Shabbos and then Yamtiv. Hopefully, Hashem, this Shabbos we'll have the true revelation of the Mitzvah. And the Mitzayda, which is called Mashiach, and in Yad Hashem, we will all be in Yerushalayim and Akedish. This Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom to all.